Up now is episode three of Music Lessons from Athens, Georgia. In this episode, we finally talk to an actual musician. Hear Nick Malice talk about playing venues around Athens and beyond. And again, remember the music you're hearing during the breaks and behind this narration is me playing my banjo. And remember that I don't take out the mistakes so you can hear how I'm improving. I usually record these pieces uh, a few lessons ahead of where I take the episode. So without further ado, here is episode three of Music Lessons from Athens, Georgia. Okay, welcome to the third episode of Music Lessons from Athens, Georgia. Here we are in Athens, Georgia again. I'm here joined by my now co-host, <laughs> no longer a guest. Unpaid. Unpaid. He's paid with love. <laughs> co-host Tim Tim Kelly. Hello, everybody. We, I'm Tim Kelly. We are unrelated. <laughs> right. And he has no obligation to do this. Exactly. I did not force him I've to do this. I've been not coerced in any way. <laughs> I did. I forced him to do it. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so we have now surpassed my second lesson of the banjo. And uh, I yet again had a coughing fit, which was great. But this time I saved it for the end. So uh, it was okay because it was kind of over, even though the guy that was waiting for the guitar lesson after me was standing there while I was sloshing water into my mouth from the tap. Mm -hmm. And so that was great. Uh, for him to see that. You think this is some sort of like your body rejecting le- or lessons? You're not, yeah, it's telling you. <laughs> well, he, the, the teacher, Kevin, did yeah. say uh, he thought I might be allergic or he needed, you know, to something in his room. Or the banjo. No, I'm not allergic to the banjo. So maybe you should play the clarinet. <laughs> yeah. No. All right, so, and this time I actually, I have my, I had my book, I got some homework. And I did my homework. I've been doing my homework. Right. Learning my song, Boil Them Cabbage Down. Right. Okay. I'm not familiar with Boil Them Cabbage Down. Mm. I don't really like how that's worded. It's, it's, uh... Should it be Boil That Cabbage Down? I mean, Tim, this is a banjo. Okay. It's just about fun here. Yeah. Don't worry about grammar. All right. Okay? Jeez Louise. They, they did not, uh, I took my banjo to Atlanta recently... Uh, just in case, they asked me to play at Shaky Knees, but they didn't. Right. You just did it to look cool when we were, like, unloading the car at the hotel. Pretty much. You're like, I'll be careful, it's my banjo. I was like, watch out for (laughs) my banjo. Yeah, they immediately (laughs) knew you were not cool. Yeah, they knew that. Uh, But they did ask once if I was playing. Mm Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, God, no. I'm terrible. Yeah. Uh... Why would they have ever thought that? <laughs> because like, hey, I'm here for the Shake and Ease Festival. Here's my banjo. Oh, you playing? No. <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> I have to practice. <laughs> yeah, so speaking of Shake and Ease, did you enjoy that? Yeah, it was great. Uh, I always have a good time there. I think it's a very well-run festival. I like the lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, perfect for me. It's always... You know, some years are better than others, but it's got a good mix of sort of up-and-coming, sort of those indie rock bands mm-hmm. from Sirius XM, you know, but uh, but also some old stuff like Pixies and... Yes. Uh, yeah. Pixies are good. Yeah. What was your favorite show from the, the entire festival? I really like The Shins. 
That was great. Yeah. What I had I've never song? seen them before. Oh, right. That's right. Uh, and so I thought they just really played um, a very well, you know, well played tight. That's, you know, a friend of Michael and I were talking about. You just say they're just professional musicians. They just mm-hmm. put them, they just have done it for a while. You know, or at least James Mercer has. So he just, um, he knows how to, how to, you know, perform. Uh, Simple Song was my favorite. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. I saw you get very excited from that. I was very excited. When I was up against the fence because I didn't yeah. like being in the crowd. Yeah. It was too, too crowded. That's a classic Carrie Festival move. Yeah. When my favorite band is just about to come on, <laughs> you walk very far away from me. And make sure that I'm distracted the entire time. But I didn't... Well, this was better because we have cell phones. I think we kind of briefly recapped the Oasis story yeah. where I almost got killed. Right. Yeah. That was different because we didn't have cell phones. We were 21 years old. Mm-hmm. No, it was fine. It was and just good. I did almost get, get murdered. Yeah. But besides that, this time I did not get murdered. Everything was fine. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah. Uh, but um, I, I really liked uh, Mondo Cosmo. Yeah, they were fun. They, yeah. 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 And I liked uh, uh, just just so you all know, uh, Nick Malice is sitting here also, but he can't speak because I haven't introduced him yet. But I will Classic. soon. So if you hear some giggling in the background, it's Nick. <laughs> he'll he'll be coming right up. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Um, this is how you assert your podcast dominance. Yeah. You invite people over and then make, and then them, make sit them sit there, there silently for thirty watch minutes while we talk. <laughs> Actually, I think I will go ahead and introduce you, Nick. <laughs> uh, so Nick, uh, Nick Malice is joining us uh, on this uh, podcast. Nick also uh, was slightly forced to be here, as he is my cousin. <laughs> so, uh, but he is also an incredible musician. So that worked out really great for me. So um, Nick, you can join us in talking about these shaky knees uh, bands if you know them. Do you know Mondo Cosmo? I've not heard of them. Oh, no. you'd like them. How about the Shins? You ever heard of them? Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, and we, saw, we also saw Third Eye Blind. Third Eye Blind was there, yes. Which was quite incredible, I have to say. <laughs> Did uh, they play Graduate and all, like, the new graduates, like, you the, know, threw their hats in the air? I, no. I, I only, I, may, they may have, but I did not, I would not have recognized I love that, that song. song. Oh, man. I don't know, yeah. I just, I'm just familiar with the, uh, like, the, the their two or three, like, do, radio do, hits. Do, yeah. do, 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 do. That was I was doing that like the whole weekend. He, they did sing that. I he, sang that song in karaoke not too long ago. Oh. Did you? Mm-hmm. It's got a lot of lyrics. Yes, yeah, it does. Including yes. including some about, about crystal, crystal meth, right? So. Yeah, he sings about taking. You mean uh, doing crystal meth and lifting up to your break, you won't die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the one. I think that might be it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just think it might be, but whatever. He uh, he had the best uh, uh, like humble brag of the entire weekend when. <laughs> In sort of the banter portion of their set, he talked about how he had just, just two days ago, I was yesterday. Oh, yesterday, yeah, surfing off the coast of Fiji. Yeah, and but I made we made it back here just for you guys. And we're like, thanks. <laughs> You're like, okay, all right. <laughs> and then he's like, all right, Simi Chom, kind of live. Let's do it. Yeah. I just like that was the ultimate. No, just two was... days before this, I was doing crystal mesh from the VFU. <laughs> yeah, probably right. <laughs> yeah, he was. Uh, he was. He was actually. He was fun. Very Californian, like yeah. very Saturday Night Live Californian right. accent. Uh, but yeah, it was. It was a very fun. Job. I had quite a good time. It was uh, good people to watching that. too. I thought mm-hmm. uh, it was very interesting to see the wide spectrum of ages that all. Well, I mean, I know it's oh, a very yeah. popular. It's still a popular song, sort of ubiquitous in like culture, but. 
there were like 20 year olds that yes. knew like deep cuts. <laughs> so it's just very interesting. Well, that... maybe it's that they're not deep cuts and we, we just haven't kept up and are not hip. Well, yeah, I guess that's, well, I don't know if that's necessarily mm, the case, true. but maybe for you. Uh, <laughs> but you know I, usually it's just like maybe people our age were all like into it but no there were like yeah really you know, sort of the younger crowd that had yeah been. there was a lot of young people teenagers there that knew every word to uh, J- Jumper is that the name of that song? Jumper mm-hmm. yeah right I wish you would say that yeah that one I, I, I could sing the whole thing right now I know you have been ever since the yes I have Sunday. Yeah, so anyway, that was a great uh, great festival. Have you been to Shaky Knees before? I have. I went two years ago. The year it rained really bad. Ah, uh, mm. was that when you went? No, I think that was just the year before I went. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's too bad. Oh, when you, yeah, right. When everybody like, had to go, you were saying, had to go into the shops. I was like, in it, when it was at Atlantic Station, is it? It was, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I started going the year right after that, yeah. It was super fun, though. It started yeah. raining during Connor Rober's set. Uh, but uh, not, yeah. not too much where it would like rain it out. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was so, a great lineup, man. That was modest a great, mouse, but yeah, yeah. The national right? mm-hmm. replacements. That yeah. was a great lineup because the the guy in front of me at uh, Temples, I believe, had yeah. that shirt on from that, and I was like, man, that was a good one. Right, a little lineup envy. Well, I had lineup envy, but Temples was good. Car seat yeah. headrest was good. Mm-hmm. LCD sound system. LCD sound system was really good. Go. We didn't stay for the XX. We did what? What was Sunday night? Phoenix. Phoenix, they were good. Ryan Adams, who claimed he was the shins the whole time. Yeah. That, he was fun. Yeah. Anyway, good times had by all. We stayed well hydrated. We had our sunscreen on. We ate lots of Trader Vic's, mm-hmm. which is the best restaurant ever. And, uh, and all, was, all was good. So, um, so that's the story of Shaky Knees and... My second lesson, which uh, I will soon play for you, what I've learned from that. So we're going to take a little break. We'll be back with Nick in just a sec. Okay, and we're back. And as introduced previously, but we'll do a more formal introduction here. We have with us today Nick Malice, very famous Athens musician, slash my cousin. Hi, Nick. Hi. Thank How, you. How's thanks it going? For, thanks for having me. I'm so glad you're here. I'm glad to be here. Remember when you were a little baby and I used to carry you around? Yep. <laughs> I remember it like it was yesterday. <laughs> I remember that, too. <laughs> anyway, um, so we're just going to kind of jump right into it. So tell us uh, kind of how did you get into music, like from the beginning? Um, I started playing guitar when I was, I think I was eight or nine. I started on electric actually, which is, which is a little weird. It's funny. A lot of people think like acoustic is easier because maybe it's like, there's no electronics, so it must be less complex, but electric's actually a lot easier because the strings are like thinner. Right. And there, a lot of times the action's lower, meaning like the strings are closer to the fretboard. Mm. So it's actually easier to start on electric. I tell a lot of kids that because I teach here and there. Okay. Um, yeah. But I started playing guitar then and, uh, you know, kind of played casually for the first two or three years. But uh, when I was in seventh grade, I played like a little talent show and I did like this kind of medley of different songs. I think a third eye blind song might have been. Really? I was going to say, do you remember the songs? Yeah. <laughs> 
Third Eye Blind. Probably, probably not the one with crystal meth in it. I think it was like I did like I I did it all. I like went from playing a Third Eye Blind ballad to like playing a Van Halen like tapping solo. Right like I did, now. I did. I went. I went through like the whole. Spectrum the whole there. spectrum. Maybe a little bluegrass in there. Yeah, maybe with uh, a little grass with the, on the electric guitar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I got into it uh, then. But I, even before then, I was really into music. Ever since I can remember, since my parents had me listening to, you know, Beach Boys, the Beatles, right. and the Ventures when I was really young, and you know, like every year in my yearbook, you'll see like I had like a, a Rage Against the Machine shirt in like, fourth grade. <laughs> I was Raging Against the Machine. Yeah. <laughs> you know, was, music was always just like a big part of uh, who I was growing up, like helping me make sense of the world, I guess. And do you think your parents kind of were the ones that got you into that more than anyone? You know, actually, our, our cousin Corey. Uh, I was. Big, I thought you might mention Corey. Yes. Yeah, he he had a big part of introducing me to music that my parents didn't raise me on and that wasn't on the radio. Yes, he had some very interesting taste in music, which I also enjoyed mm-hmm. that he introduced me to as well. Uh, I can't remember, but there was I think some like Finnish hair metal or something. Yeah, he was really into that that Norwegian hair metal yes. stuff. Yes, he's very good at drumming. He's amazing. Incredible. Mm-hmm. I'll have to have him on here. You should definitely have him on here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to. He'll, good make, idea, he'll Dave. make some cool cartoon noises for you, too. Yes, he will. <laughs> <laughs> we'll call him Steel Muscles. That was his name when we were kids. Yeah, so, um, so, yeah, so you talked about playing the electric guitar, and I guess just, uh, you know, did you teach yourself? Did you take lessons? I took lessons at uh, Music Around, and... Not for right there. Yeah. Okay. And that's starting when you were like a kid, like eight. eight it did. I actually still have some of like the sheets my my teacher wrote out for me. Some Beatles songs. And, oh yeah. And some Beach Boys songs, some Ventures stuff. Kind of started me on all the '60s stuff, but it's cool. Like I still have that. And right. Some some of the songs I I'll play with you know groups now still. Like, yeah. He was teaching me the classics. At the time, I was kind of a punk though. Like I wanted. I, I at first I was cool learning those, but then. And I was like, man, teach me to play 311. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, what year would this have been around? Oh, man. So I was born in 86. Okay. So, so. it was like 96, probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right when we graduated high school. Right. So you said you, you teach a little bit now. I do. So, like, with, you know, since then, the advent of the internet and all that kind of thing. So I'm sure there's a lot of people that want to do it like self-taught like would, would you recommend that people get lessons can you self-teach yourself self-teach guitar you can absolutely self-teach yourself guitar or bass but i think lessons help mm-hmm. with people just staying on top of it staying yeah. disciplined if they know they're going to meet with someone once a week yeah and play one that's if they don't practice at all that that's their practice for the week but if they do practice it's going to you know make them want to do better and yeah. show the person, yeah, I'm actually getting better. Yeah. Right. Why not? So. Yeah, because you don't want to look like a fool when you exactly. walk into the... And I've taught school. a lot of people who don't really practice, and I'm like, that's fine. If you just kind of want to do it for fun and learn a little bit as you go, but really, uh, if you want to get something out of it, you, know, you have to like work at it. Right. The student I'm teaching now is uh, my niece, actually. Oh, Probably. yeah. We got her a base for, uh, for Christmas, and she is by far the best student I've ever taught. And, and I've been teaching people off and on since I was 16. And mm. she's 11. And she's just like, like we got it. I think we gave her the bass at like 9 in the morning on Christmas Day. And by 8 that night, she was already playing Psycho Killer. <laughs> <laughs> that's, 
that's and awesome. not and not just the the right. part yeah. of the beginning, like the course part where wow. you should walk. Oh around. my gosh! Yeah, and she like I'll I'll go over and I we did a lesson yesterday, and I'll go over and she'll just immediately get it, and mm-hmm. I've, I've still to this day not written anything down for her. See, that's she'll just amazing. she'll just right when I leave, she'll just keep playing through it and just remember it, and. Uh, yeah, I'm really proud of her. She's got she just got into Camp Amped too. Oh, that's neat. Yeah, they had the audition for that, which I didn't realize that. But they had, like put you in a room with some strangers and have you play, and oh they ask you questions, and you know she'd been playing for like four months. Right. And she did it. You know. So she's inherently musical, I think. She is. Her dad plays. Carrie's musical too. So. Yeah. What 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 do they play? They both play guitar. Oh, and okay. What else do you play besides guitar? Bass. Guitar, bass. Um, play a little bit of keyboard. I've tinkered on the banjo and the mandolin here and there too don't make fun of me when I play (laughs) (laughs) I've heard the recordings you sound great (laughs) yeah um so well that's that's pretty neat about uh Penelope because I do not have that skill I do not pick things up even when I was a kid uh playing the piano I never could just like specifically Corey could just hear a song and play it like right then and I could never do that I took piano lessons for eight years and that's what I told my banjo teacher that that's kind of what I would love to learn how to do and he said that that was possible it didn't have to be inherent I do feel like I am musical inherently mm-hmm. for some reason I think it's not mathematical enough to uh oh it's it's, it's, it's very mathematical I guess it is yeah that's how I just have to I have to switch that on I think mm-hmm. thanks Nick yeah so um so yeah that's awesome to hear about uh, how you learn that and and going from the different instruments and everything um, so now we're just going to talk about your musical taste. So, ver- so, fa- so favorite band when you were 10, we'll even say 15, versus favorite band now, and kind of how did your musical taste progress? Oh, man. I think uh, when I was 15, I was figuring a lot of things out, <laughs> as we all are. But It's okay if it was Britney Spears. I feel like in fi- at 15, it was like one half of the year I was this, and then... The other quarter, I was this. Right. But I remember listening to a lot of uh, Muse, oh. which were like, in hindsight, I was like, I should have just been listening to Radiohead. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I think Muse took it to that like extra epic level yeah. that really made an impact on me at 15. And I also listened to a lot of Guster then. I oh, think. I loved Guster. Yeah, Guster. They were great. They were really big in like the college circuit then. I think. Yes, mm-hmm. we have talked about them on this Which, podcast. Which yeah, that was probably yeah. about the time you guys were starting yeah. to go see them here. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, Plus. 96, 97, 98. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was fun. They were they were definitely a great live show at the theater and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So much of it too at that age is just not being exposed. You know, it just takes the right you know album to be handed to you or hear the right song on the radio, and then it just takes you down this path. You know, just so your just body of knowledge isn't as well built out. When Absolutely. you were that age, though, were, was was it just still like radio stations, or was it um, was there like uh, I mean, honestly, I don't even know what year this was. Was there like you know YouTube and stuff where you could just look up any song you wanted? I don't remember doing any of that. I think. There was the whole Napster thing. I guess, mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, that's right. So, because that would have been right when we started college. So yeah. a lot of new music was like handed to me by friends, burned on CDs. Yeah, that was a thing still, and uh, a little bit of radio. I was playing in bands in high school too, and I, you know, in our minds, radio wasn't totally dead yet, and it was still like the avenue. Right. Right. So we were always tied into ninety nine X, trying to get our stuff played on the local stations and whatnot. 
Yeah, Tim and I, I think we talked about that briefly on the first episode, too, just how hard it was. I mean, not that it's easy now, but, like, like unless someone heard you, like, pre-internet, you could forget, you know, you could forget it. Mm-hmm. Like, and now, again, I know it's a lot of work and it's not easy or anything, but, you know, you have more avenues, I think, to get, you know, to that point where people know your music and stuff like that, you know, mm-hmm. Spotify and, you know... YouTube, you know, like some of these people are like Instagram stars and then all of a sudden they're super famous. The girl that sang the song at the end of Moana mm-hmm. apparently was just started as YouTube, singing on YouTube and now she's you know, super famous. So Because we love Moana, so I looked that up. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, what are you into now, musically? Oh man, it's tough now. I'm into everything. Everything. But, uh, you know, the last few years uh, I've been really into David Bowie and Prince, actually, which wow, last year was a sad year. It was rough, yeah. Uh, but yeah, a lot of them, um, some newer bands that I really like, uh, really like Foxygen, I've listened to them mm-hmm. the past few years. Uh, Alex Cameron, who uh, actually opened for Foxygen last time they were in town, he's an Australian singer-songwriter, and he kind of does like, it's kind of like Nick Cave, because like, oh, yeah. like, he's Australian, so his voice kind of has a similar mm-hmm. thing. But it's like that, but, but a more synth-based and uh, mm-hmm. even darker, if you can imagine that. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like him a lot. Of Montreal is probably one of my all-time favorite bands, plugging the Athens scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can't beat that, I for love, sure. I love what, what they do. I always have loved what they do. Yeah. We were listening to some of your music uh, yesterday, mm-hmm. and Tim pointed out that he thought one of your at least one of your songs was a little homage Maybe. Yeah, <laughs> and then a lot of Bowie. You definitely hear some Bowie. Oh, definitely. In, in, yeah. In some of your, you know. Yeah. We love Bowie ourselves. Yeah, he's he's great. Yeah, he did. He did it. He did. He did. <laughs> he really did. He it. really. He really made it. <laughs> he did something for himself. All right. So, um, one thing I'm interested to hear about, I guess, is you know we we have been to concerts, but we have never played a concert yet. <laughs> Uh, but I guess, you know, tell us kind of what it's like being on that side, you know, of the, of the concert, you know, what's your favorite venue to play and why, and, you know, what was it like the first time you were kind of behind the scenes there? Well, you know, I guess this is one of those questions, like, depends on, it does depend on the venue and the situation. I mean, they're, uh... Some some of the time, like our my experience as a performer might not be like too different from your experience as a listener, because you're just kind of someone else there hanging out, right. getting up there and throwing your amp up right before you play, <laughs> um, which is fun. Those, those some those have been some of the best shows. Like I remember when Farm Two Five Five was a mm-hmm. thing and they were doing shows there. Mm-hmm. It was this very casual thing, and uh, it was just almost like whatever group out of the crowd was going to jump out of their necks. So there'd be like eight bands playing. Right. Night. Um, and but, the, uh, the outdoor stage that was out there yeah, for the yeah. doors. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was, that was super fun. But, uh, you know, my, probably my favorite venue to play in town, is, it's gotta be the 40 watch. Just cause yeah. it's such a cool classic Athens venue and the sound is great there. And all the, all the people that work there are so great. Um, but, uh, you know, playing a show, there's there's a, there's a lot of things that like kind of go into it. You know, you gotta you gotta load all your stuff up. Right. Come you on, gotta, Nick. Someone does that for you. you. Gotta, yeah, it's not um, 
it's not like the Third Eye Blind show you saw. Right. <laughs> we don't have, uh, here in Athens, for the most part, a lot of us don't have people up there. Roadies. Plugging our stuff in and moving our amps around. Because, right. You know, we just got to carry them halfway across town, get them up there. Right. Uh, so if you play the theater, um, there's a stairwell that you end up using a lot. So you're going to get your legs in your Get some leg, <laughs> leg day. Be a little sore. Make sure that's your leg day. Exactly. Right. Yeah, it's because you're going to end up walking up and down the stairs all night, grabbing stuff, grabbing your friend, and talking to the guys, giving them a set list. Right, right. Oh, I forgot my guitar picks. got to go back up the stairs. Oh, and, uh, yeah, yeah. Even, did that you... place is, is amazing, too. That's, Theater, that's yeah. That's a beautiful venue, and it's the uh, same thing. I mean, there's great, great uh, staff there and everything. Mm-hmm. It's, it's super fun to play. Did you play there before it burned down? Or? I never did, no. Yeah. I moved here the year after it burned down. Okay. Yeah, we, we, we were standing there as it happened, but, uh, and it was awful. Yeah, I know. But uh, I, I know that a lot of things changed. I mean, from the outside, of course, and I imagine they changed a ton of stuff backstage as well. Um, but yeah, the, the 40 watt, you know, uh, I guess it hasn't changed probably in a long time, the backstage area and stuff like that. But that's probably one of the cooler things about it. Yeah, it's got a great feel back there. I've had some special experiences back there over the years. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to get into all that. Yeah. Why can't Why can't you ever get the monitors right? Everyone's always pointing up and down, and it's like, it's like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not well, you, geez, per, per, not you personally. I'm just. <laughs> well, you know, when you're playing, it's like, it's like it's, you gotta you gotta be able to hear yourself, unless you've trained yourself not to because or not to have to because you've played so many venues that monitors aren't a thing. Because a lot of places just don't have monitors. But for an, a bigger place like the forty watt, yeah, there's gonna be monitors and right. and if that room's fill, like filled up, all, a lot of people are talking, and you know you gotta have like your vocals coming at you so you can stay on pitch and yeah, you, so you can hear your guitar players on the other side of the stage and whatnot. Uh, right, so you can you don't just hear you through the monitor, you're hearing no, the whole band. Yeah, in sound check, you know it usually starts with the drums and you tell the sound engineer like, you want a little bit more snare or kick or whatever okay. and then you do the bass and same thing with the bass and everyone kind of at a, at a nice venue like the 40 water the theater everybody has their own little monitor mix and they'll kind of push stuff up and down okay. in different speakers yeah. it's really most important to hear the kick and the snare I feel like the, I feel like everything else can fall apart but if everybody can like hear the kick and the snare they can they can, you stay, can always get back on stay the, with the drummer and everything right yeah. the drummer sets the tone mm-hmm. the tone right machete Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's interesting. These are the kind of things that I'm interested to hear because these are things that you just never think about. You know, it's like hearing the hearing Cal Ripken talk about playing baseball. You know, the color commentators can talk all day about, you know, oh, so-and-so just ran the first, he's out. But hearing, you know, Cal Ripken talk about playing is so interesting. And I am, yes, comparing you to Cal Ripken, the greatest <laughs> baseball player of all time as a musician. Um, yeah, so... Um, these are all things that I need to know for when I become a famous musician slash doctor. It's going to be a little bit trickier with the banjo, though, because the banjo is tough to amplify. Oh, great. It's one of those ones. Unless you can buy a pickup where you can plug it in. Well, now you tell me. But if you, if you mic it, I mean, it can work if it's just you up there, but if you're with a band, it's kind of tough to keep the banjo cutting through. Mm. Notice, so. Okay, so that's you gotta, good So you got to make sure your band that backs you all you know, keeps the okay. stage volume down. So you, yeah, so, yeah. The, so should I just be going shh the whole time? <laughs> shut, shut, I'm trying to play my banjo. 
But if you're a solo act, you should have no problem. Mm, mm. No, I plan on having lots of minions playing with I plan me. on having a family band. Tim? Family band, <laughs> Tim? Nope. You're in. No. Nick, you're in. Corey, if you're listening to this, you're in. <laughs> Penelope, you're in. Look, yeah. we, we got guitar, <laughs> bass, drums, banjo, we're done. Um, yeah, so, awesome. Well, is there any uh, any other, you don't have to come up, if, if the answer is no, it's fine, but any other just cool kind of behind-the-scenes story, or even just something like about the monitors, you know, something like that, that maybe a non-musician wouldn't know about? Uh... Um, let me think here. Like, so, so you're saying something that, like, people maybe wouldn't expect, like, that a musician would go through on a yeah, day of exactly. the show? Yeah, exactly, yes, exactly. Before, after, whatever. Well, I guess, like, you know, a lot of times, we're just talking about shows in Athens right now, but right. a lot of times these people you hear are like at Shaky Knees or wherever have just, you know, come from Fiji. Or, <laughs> <laughs> right. or, thing. or you know, worked an eight-hour work day and driven to wherever they were going to play. Right. And, uh, you know, staying in some random place that they have they don't know anybody and whatnot. Right. So, you know, you got to... Or, or have been doing that for 40 days once they get to your town. Yeah, and not always as glamorous as it seems, I guess. Yeah, I guess that's kind of what I'm getting at. Yeah. But there's a, you know, that whole thing is a cool experience in itself, too. Right. Sleeping on floors. What's the, what's the scariest place you've ever slept? Don't listen, Aunt Linda. Let <laughs> <laughs> uh, me think here. So, I wouldn't say this is scary, but this is like almost like a Twilight Zone moment we had once. So we use this uh, this website called Couchsurfing, which yes. is like Airbnb, but free, pretty much. Okay. It actually came out before Airbnb, and uh, I think maybe Airbnb kind of kind of like, oh, we could do this, but we could, we could charge money, and make right. money. But we played in Wilmington, and we stayed at uh, we stayed at this one guy's place who, who you know, he let us couchsurf his place, and he was a super nice guy, and he was nice to, to host us. But his his living space was so small and it was all like hard like tile, and there was just like really nowhere for us to sleep. There. Right. It was just it was like we were sleeping in the kitchen pretty much. Oh gosh. And, and which is which is fine. It, it was, was free. Just, it was right? just yeah. It was really nice of him. I wasn't like com- complaining about the accommodations or anything. But the next time we came to Wilmington, we played a show at a different venue and we couch surfed with somebody else. You know, coming after the show, we'd all been drinking a little bit and mm-hmm. we're like pulling around this neighborhood and we pull out and we're like starting to take our stuff out of the car. And I'm like, this feels somewhat familiar. <laughs> and at that point, we'd stayed at, you know, maybe 50 to 100 people's different places oh that gosh. year. So it's tough to tell, you know, where exactly we are. Or right. What, like, but then we walk up and sure enough, it's the same exact <laughs> unit. No. Of the same exact, like, duplex. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, no, please, I just need a And it wasn't like it was terrible. It was just like, wow, this is is weird. weird. What we're doing is weird. Was it the same guy? (laughs) No, it was a different guy. That's the thing. We couchsurfed someone else. And I think somehow our drummer kind of let it out that like, oh, yeah, we actually stayed here before. And they were like, oh, why don't you call Henry again? And we were like, oh, we just like to meet different people. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. All right. On that note, we're going to take another little break. And we'll be back shortly. Okay, 
Okay, we're back for the exciting conclusion of the Nick Malice episode of Music Lessons. The first Nick Malice episode <laughs> of Music <laughs> Lessons from Athens, Georgia. He's coming back. He just found that out at some point. It could be weeks. It could be days. It could be months. Now. You never, you'll know when you'll know when you know. Eventually, all guests become co-hosts. <laughs> <laughs> and it'll just be like a room of 37 people. <laughs> Right. So I've been going, great, the G sounds great. Yeah. You're really getting that pattern. I got it, guys. Just, just 37 <laughs> lessons in. Hey, did you hear that? Boil them cabbage down. I'm good now. Um, okay, so uh, Nick, what's up next for you? Uh, musically? Yeah. Let's see. I'm actually playing at the 40 Watt next week. I'm playing bass um, for my friend Jeff's project, Subscriber. Oh, cool. So yeah, we're doing that. It'd be really fun. It's one of those nights where they do like seven or eight bands and they have they have bands playing by the merch booth and bands playing on the stage. Yeah, it's cool. like uh-huh. switching back and forth. Uh, so yeah, I'm doing that and then recording with uh, Jesse Mangum at The Glow. He does that summer series called Summer Singles. Mm. It's through Moki Records, his record label. And we're going to do one of those summer singles. And, and then we're playing it the uh, world famous in, in June. My, my project is uh, Nicholas Malice and the Borealis. Yes. So, yeah, a lot of stuff on the horizon here for the summer. That's awesome. And uh, what was the, the wedding band? Yeah, so, you know, we, uh, we started a wedding band. Cocktail Hour. It's awesome. The wedding band. We, uh, so, for the, over the past few years, I've been asked to do various wedding things for friends and family. And my friend Meredith got married at uh, Stan Mullen's studio over yeah, yeah. on Pulaski. And she asked me to put something together for it. And we, you know, learned a list of like 15 or so mm-hmm. kind of party songs, uh, some 80s stuff, some 60s stuff. And it was really fun. We were like, well, we put all this work in and like we have this all together now. So we're kind of putting it out there to try and get a couple of those wedding gigs now that'd be awesome that would be like my favorite thing ever to do is be play like a wedding because everyone's so happy you know most of the time having fun dancing mm-hmm. party time what what's what, what are the couple of the songs you like celebrate we, we haven't done that one yet no. um we <laughs> we did uh we did some rolling stone songs we oh, did yeah. beast of burden oh that's a good one we did uh we, we actually opened, that was the bride and groom's request that we opened with Never Gonna Give You Up by Rick Astley. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we do that one. Was that their dance? That was their wedding song? No, oh. they actually, they had a different one they did for that. They actually piped in the wedding tune. Oh, yeah. But they really wanted us to play it. They said they wanted to rickroll the audience. Right? Yes. <laughs> so that's what we did. So we got that one down. We uh, we did a Talking Heads uh song we do a psycho killer that one went over real well yeah it's awesome probably not the most appropriate right. song for a wedding <laughs> but it's a good party song yeah it is a good party song a lot of singing mm-hmm. yeah and that, that uh that like four on the floor bass drum yeah. thing yeah. yeah our our singer ryan describes that as white people catnip <laughs> <laughs> i agree with that it's that dun, 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 dun. <laughs> all right awesome so, uh, what? Give me a, a piece of advice about banjo playing. It could be what what we were just talking about. Uh, I would say when you're learning new chords, I would just switch back and forth between them. Take two that you're learning on. You're learning the C and the D seven. In the D seven, yeah, switch back and forth between those, just for ten minutes. You know, and it, it's not like fun. Like playing, like just strum it once and then strum it again. Okay. Strum it once, strum it Boom. again. Boom. 
boom. Wait, because see, I'm using the wrong fingers here. Boom. Because eventually, this is the C. But that's I'm just great. playing a half C now. Half C's good too. Okay, that's what Kevin Kevin told me. But that's why this finger has to go here. No one can see. He this. called it a half C. No, I, I called it that. I was gonna say, I was like, "What's Kevin teaching you?" I, I don't called know. It that. I don't know a half C. <laughs> Coined it right here. <laughs> say, you heard is, it first. It's really hard. It's like C's and half C's and D sevens. Yeah. Yeah, high C's, yeah, low C's. Low C's. Yeah, I would. Seven I would C's. say do that as you're learning, like with your left hand, learning how to do the fretting and everything. Okay. And uh, with the right hand, when you're playing, mm -hmm. uh, if you make a mistake, just kind of play through it. Especially if you're playing with people. I know. That's what I've got to get better at, Nick. Because right now I'm doing the wait, 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 and wait, just, wait. And also just anything you and your teacher t can do to keep it interesting for you. Like maybe learning songs that that you know already. Right. Or learning. Like if you might not necessarily have the skill level to do the song that you want to do yet. But right. he can teach you like the bare bones of it, like the chords. And uh, just playing the chords is really fun, you know? And the more fun yeah. you're having with it, the more you're going to want to do it, and uh, the better you're going to get at it. Man, Whenever I way better than your advice, Tim. <laughs> Tim told me to reach for the stars. <laughs> I heard that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's interesting. How much can you get away with, like, messing up before it just Like all, in, a, in a real show. In a real show. Like, I mean, it depends on what instrument you're on. Yeah, What about the banjo? I mean, if you're playing... If it's just you and a guitar player up there, you probably can't get away with much. But if you're playing up there with, you know, an ensemble of people, yeah, you can you can get away with probably dropping a beat here and there or oh missing boy. a chord as long as you're uh, falling back on the same chord. Especially if the song's in G major because because then I'm you're tuned to open G. Yeah, you know? and I would never change that. It would just be that the whole time. Ding 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 ding. Well, no, not necessarily because the chords would change. Yeah. With the banjo, I think my understanding is you you like would retune the drone string for different keys sometimes oh. and use like a Ooh. banjo capo. I haven't gotten that far yet. Um, oh, capos. Oh, yeah, yoisies. We'll get there next time on Nick's fourth episode. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Nick. That was great advice. And now I shall play. Uh, what should I play? Should I play those three things I was playing? That's what I'm going to do. I think I played those last time. Wait, that's bad. Oh god, I did that. Stop. Stop judging me. Yeah, when you're learning a new pattern, I would say do that. Yeah. Okay, but it's hard to do that. I just want to go really fast. You know what you should do? Lock up on that pattern that you like, the good one. This one? Yeah. And then do my C thing? I was going to say fret it and do the A thing I was showing you. Oh, yeah. Oh, jeez. Second fret. I'm so mad at you, Nick. All right, this one? Yeah. Okay, hold on. second one kind of thing so what so like two on the open and then two on the with the clamp down like that 
from Athens, Georgia. This has been episode three of Music Lessons from Athens, Georgia. I want to thank Nick Mellis for joining us and talking to us about life as a musician and giving me some advice on the banjo. Until next time, I'll be picking and grinning and trying to keep making the world a happy place. See you next time.